I'm Donald Wayne, and this is Trice Talk Minipod for Sunday, March the 7th, 2021. Uh, it's just a little after 1 o'clock in the morning on Sunday, and thanks for joining me again for another episode of Minipod. There's been a lot of discussion about big tech and their control over the information we receive and, and send via the internet or various social media platforms we have available today. And it might be that many of you have already have feelings about this one way or the other based on what you've either heard or read. Uh, I know it's been a topic that's been on Fox News and um uh, Newsmax, uh, been the subject of a number of podcasts and uh, radio talk shows uh, in, in recent weeks and months. So, uh, you know, you may already have a position on that, and I, I may not be telling you anything new tonight, but what I'm going to try to do is I'm going to share an article with you that appeared in a publication that I get all the time. And hopefully it'll be giving you a little bit more insight as to some of the problems with uh, what big tech is doing and has the capability of doing. And then maybe a little bit of insight on, you know, a little little rainbow at the end of the storm about what we can possibly do about it. That is, if we put forth the effort and, and take the right steps. Um, but I've been getting a, a monthly newsletter from Hillsdale College for several years now. It's something I signed up for, um, gosh, I, it seemed like maybe when we started Trice Talk originally back in 2016, but it could have been a little bit after that. But I found them informative over the years, and uh, each, each uh, edition, they cover a, a variety of subjects. It's never along the same line, but it's generally political talk uh, or political oriented. Uh, it's definitely a conservative organization. So if you're extremely liberal, you may not be interested in um, obtaining this newsletter. Of course, if you're extremely liberal, you're probably not listening to this podcast anyway. But um the publication is called Imprimis, and I would recommend that if you're a conservative or a Republican, or even if you're middle of the road, that you sign up for these uh, publications. They're free, and you do not get a barrage of emails or unsolicited ads just because you request this newsletter to be on that list. Um, at least I never have. I've never gotten one thing that I could that I could link to my getting the Hillsdale uh, newsletter, uh, the in-premise newsletter. Uh, Hillsdale also, by the way, and I'm not doing a commercial for them or anything, uh, to get no money out of it, but Hillsdale offers a wide variety of courses that you can sign up for online, and many of them are free. And over the years, uh, especially, um, golly, uh, 2017, 2018, they were big into offering courses about the Constitution, free courses, as I would say, and various uh, courses uh, covering our government and uh, history and so forth that are very useful for people, especially in this day and time when uh, so much of 
what you hear in the news. There's so many people trying to dismantle the history of this country by by calling it uh, racist or um, you know evil or um, Nazi in nature. So um, the materials that you can get from Hillsdale, or even if you go online and read what they have online. Uh, or take one of the free courses, it will help you answer some of those questions that you may have because of some of the things that you hear today about the founding of our country and, uh, and about, you know, really what this country is about and what it was, what its intention was when it was founded. So uh, anyway, that's Hillsdale and the publication is called Imprimis. Uh, you can go to hillsdale.com uh, to get more information about that. But I, I highly recommend that, even though if you're like me, some of those, some of the public monthly publications, you may have a little bit of trouble navigating through it. All right. So the one I'm going to use tonight is the January edition, this past January. It's uh, volume 50. And it asks the question, who is in control and the need to rein in big tech? Now, I'm not going to read the entire article, but I will hit some high points, enough to paint the picture that every free-thinking American should be concerned about. And now the article was written by um, a gentleman named, um, forgive me if I butcher this, but I believe it would be pronounced Alam Bokhari. And he is a senior technology correspondent at Breitbart News. Now, of course, he has a lot of credentials, which I'm not going to go through. But if you check out uh, January's edition online, volume 50, you can see uh, Mr. Bukhari's, uh, all of his qualifications, all of his um, degrees and so forth. Anyway, so getting into the article, it reads, how does big tech go about ma manipulating our thoughts and behavior? Well, it begins with the fact that these tech companies strive to know everything about us, our likes and dislikes, the issues we're interested in, the websites we visit, the videos we watch, who we voted for, and our party affiliations. If you search for Hanukkah recipe, they'll know you're likely Jewish. Even if your smartphone is turned off, they'll track your location. They know who you work for, who your friends are, when you're walking your dog, whether you go to church, when you're standing in line to vote, and on and on and on. As big tech constantly collects data about us, they run tests to see what information has an impact on us. Let's say they put a negative news story out about someone or something in front of us, and we don't click on it or read it. They keep at it until they find content that has a direct effect on us. The feedback loop constantly improves, and it does so in a way that is really undetectable. What determines what appears at the top of a person's Facebook feed, Twitter feed, or Google search results? What we do know is that big tech openly manipulates the content people see. We know, for example, that Google reduced the visibility of Breitbart News links and search results by 99% in 2020 compared to the same period in 2016. 
We know that after Google introduced an update last summer, clicks on Breitbart news stories from Google searches for Joe Biden went to zero and stayed at zero through the election. Now, this didn't happen gradually, but in one fell swoop, as if Google flipped a switch. And all of this was discoverable through the use of Google's own traffic analysis tools. So it wasn't if Google even cared that we knew about it. But even more troubling, I think, are the invisible things that these companies do. Consider quality ratings. Every big tech platform has some versions of this, though some of them use different names. The quality rating is what determines what appears at the top of your search results or your Twitter or your Facebook feed, etc. It's a numerical value based on what big tech algorithms, that's one of my favorite words, <laughs> determines in terms of quality. In the past, the score was determined by criteria that were somewhat objective. If a website of, uh, or a post contained viruses, malware, spam, or copyrighted material, that would negatively impact its quality score. If a video or post was gaining in popularity, the quality score would increase. And that's, that's fair enough. But over the past several years, however, and one can trace the beginning of the change to Donald Trump's victory in 2016, big tech has introduced all sorts of criteria in the mix that determines quality scores. Today, the algorithms on Google and Facebook have been trained to detect hate speech, misinformation, and authoritative, as opposed to non-authoritative sources. Algorithm, algorithms analyze a user's network so that whatever users follow on social media, uh, example, non-authoritative news outlets, affects the user's quality score. Algorithms also detect the use of language frowned on by big tech. Example, illegal immigrant. That's a bad one. In place of undocumented immigrant, that's a good one, according to them. And adjust quality scores accordingly, and so on and so on. All of this happens invisibly. It is Silicon Valley's version of the social credit system overseen by the Chinese Communist Party. As in China, if you defy the values of the ruling elite or challenge narratives that the elite labels authoritative, your score will be reduced and your voice suppressed. This technology is even scarier when combined with big tech's ability to detect and monitor entire networks of people. A field of computer science called network analysis is dedicated to identifying groups of people with shared interest, who read similar websites, who talk about similar things, who have similar habits, who follow similar people on social media, and who share similar political viewpoints. Big tech companies are able to detect when particular information is flowing through a particular network. If there's a news story or post or a video, 
for instance, that's going on, going viral among conservatives or among voters as a whole. This gives them the ability to shut down a story they don't like before it gets out of hand. And these systems are growing more sophisticated all the time. If big tech's capabilities are allowed to develop unchecked and unregulated, these companies will eventually have the power not only to suppress existing political movements, but to anticipate and prevent the emergence of new ones. This would mean the end of democracy as we know it because it would place us forever under the thumb of an unaccountable oligarchy. The good news is there is a way to rein in the tyrannical tech giants, and the way is simple. Take away their power to filter information and filter data on our behalf. The most important demand we can make of lawmakers and regulators is that big tech be forbidden from activating these filters without our knowledge and consent. They should be prohibited from doing this and even from nudging us to turn on a filter under penalty of losing their Section 230 immunity as publishers of third-party content. This policy should be strictly enforced, and it should extend even to seemingly non-political filters like relevance and popularity. Anything less opens the door to manipulation. Our ultimate goal should be a marketplace in which third-party companies would be free to design filters that could be plugged into services like Twitter and Facebook and Google and YouTube. In other words, we would have two separate categories of companies, those that host content and those that create filters to sort through that content. The World Wide Web was meant to liberate us. It is now doing the opposite. Big tech is in increasingly in control. The most pressing question today is, how are we going to take control back? So, like I said, that that is probably a little bit less than half of the article. If you would like to uh, see the entire thing, again, go. you can should be able to go online at hillsdale.com and look up the January edition of Imprimis Volume 50, and then you can look at the rest of the material on that article. You know, this is not a partisan issue, in my opinion, and, and it was also expressed by the author of that particular article. And even though it is not a partisan issue, I mean, liberals and conservatives both should be concerned about this. But, of course, it appears, at least in the last several years, especially last year in particular, big tech appears to favor liberal viewpoints at this time. But I would predict that if they are successful in destroying free speech and expression on the conservative side, what makes liberals think that their next focus won't be them? Anytime you have someone so large as big tech, that controls so much of the information that is 
is uh, out there available to us today, there's always the possibility that people are going to misuse that power, that somehow or another, the people that that are in control of all of this information and these sites, you know, like Twitter and Facebook, even Google, that they somehow or another feel empowered or feel like they have the right or even mistakenly the the uh, responsibility to only present things to the public or allow things to go out to the public that they feel like are true and valid. You know, conservatives have been silenced a lot, especially in 2020, pretty much throughout Trump's presidency. But, and and I would say in small steps and for the most part, except for, for the president. And they even allowed the president to do probably more than they wanted to let him do over the years. But as um, the coronavirus became an issue last year and all the information about, um, you know, advanced voting and so forth, uh, there were so many things that started circulating. And then when it became apparent that Joe Biden was going to be the nominee for the Democrats, it really started cracking down. But again, I will say, and it's been said by others, that if liberals think that conservatives are going to be the only one that gets silenced, that are going to be controlled, their thoughts and their freedoms of expression are going to be limited by big tech. They got, they got a surprise coming their way because anything that gets as large as some of these companies are today and have the power to shut down what they want to shut down. They're eventually going to get around to those other people that uh, felt immune to that because eventually Everybody says things that people in control don't like. Big tech may feel like that they're the ones that are going to determine what is politically and socially correct in the future. And of course, they'll have friends in, in political positions that can help them accomplish that. There was a big push last, uh, late last year, I believe, uh, maybe even in December. You may have heard uh, some Republicans talking about Section 230, which is, you know, provides immunity to publishers of third party content. And they wanted to strip that immunity from people like Twitter and Facebook and anybody that, that was doing the, um, the censoring of conservatives like they were last year, because really they got that protection. The big tech got the protection of section two thirty because they were supposed to be a conduit of information. They were not supposed to be, uh, either verifying 
or promoting the content. They were just supposed to be there to allow people the opportunity to post what they wanted to post. I'm not, I'm not a big internet surfer, so I, I don't, I, I hadn't even scratched the surface of all the information that is out there. But I do know that, that there's a lot of, uh, you know, awful content that, that I, I, that they allow that is allowed to be posted. And I'm not saying they shouldn't, but there's so many bad things that get posted. I mean, a few years ago, and I don't know if it still happens today, they may be cracking down on that, but, but you could go on the internet and you could get instructions on how to make a bomb, or you could get instructions on how to do all kinds of uh, things that could be considered dangerous to society. But, you know, they, they never, um, I mean, they may have shut some of them down at, at some point in time, but uh, I know that that content kept popping up in various places over the years. But there are so many other kinds of things posted on the Internet that that could be offensive to, to some people. Um, um, and, and, and some of it could be judged to be uh, dangerous. But they choose to shut down conservatives because they threaten the system that big tech seems to support for whatever reason. And I don't know if anybody's ever really done a, a, a study or, or <laughs> tried to determine or give us a reason why they think so much of big tech is in the tank for liberals. Maybe it's because conservatives and Republicans, in theory, are supposed to support limited government, more freedoms for the people, and for the people to have the power to determine their own futures and to determine what they do and, and don't do, as long as you don't harm the rights of somebody else. And, and maybe big tech doesn't like that. Maybe they like it more socially controlled, which is what liberals try to do. They want to tell us from the cradle to the grave how we should live our lives and be pretty much in control of it. So we're beholding to them for just about every aspect of our life. So maybe that's where it's at. I, I don't know. Um, but we still, at this point in time, have a voice and we still have the opportunity, if we take that opportunity, before the whole system is just totally shut down to us. We need to bend the ear of our representatives and tell them how we feel about these issues. Because our ultimate goal should be a marketplace in which third-party companies, you know, we have uh, the ability to choose a third-party company to purchase filters that could be plugged into services like Twitter and Facebook and Google and YouTube. So we can get the kind of filters we want that fit our lifestyle, but yet will not restrict us from 
you know, posting or doing the things that, that are important to us and sharing those ideas with other people, which is what the internet is supposed to be anyway. In other words, we'd have two separate categories of companies, those that host content and those that create filters to sort through all that content. But we choose those filters. If we, if we want a filter that says we won't get any stories about, um, I don't know, <laughs> uh, skydiving, then, you know, that filter could keep us from having to wade through endless stories about skydiving. But we should have that control. Nobody should be deciding that for us. And certainly when it 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 is to their benefit. Like I said, I was never a big user of the Internet and other than for business reasons. Uh, but since we restarted Trice Talk, last year, last summer, I've tried to utilize as many resources as possible to help deliver informative and, and, and thought provoking stories on Trice Talk, along with Dennis Lee, of course. But as the events of the last year has shown us more and more, it becomes evident that there are some in positions of power that want to be able to control what we say and even believe in this country. They want to control what we believe. They're trying to convince or trying to reprogram people in this country to believe what they want us to believe, which is to their benefit. And that's a shame. And it's dangerous. And it's scary. We're the freest country in the world where thousands and thousands of people try to get into this country every year, some legally and, and a lot of them illegally. The freest country in the world. I wonder how many people are, uh, you know, China has to keep from immigrating into China or Russia or Iran. We have to do what needs to be done legally. We need to do our our homework, and we need to start communicating with our representatives and let them know how we feel about these issues. Because right now, they're the only ones between us and the total dismantling of, of this country as, as we know it. And if they, if they can't accomplish this for us while we still have some, some kind of control, and hopefully we'll have more control next year, but that really depends on what happens this year in Congress, especially if that H.R. 1 bill passes. But we need to communicate these things to our representatives. Get their email. Send them an email. You don't have to write them a letter. Letters aren't you know, necessary anymore. You can send emails, and you can send multiple emails. Don't just do one. Do them regularly. Or get together with a, a group of friends, you know, uh, that you know that are like-minded and, and encourage them to do the same thing. Express yourselves. Don't just sit at home and complain and gripe about it like we, we've pretty much done for a number of years. We go vote and then, you know, 
things don't seem to change and we just bitch about it at home. We wait till the next time we vote. We need to bend their ear. We need to make, we need to hold our representatives that we elect and we pay for, hold them responsible for what we want them to do, what we elect them to do, that which is to stand out there and represent us and do the things that we elected them to do, which is what we believe is the best for this country and for us. The freest country in the world, or at least it used to be. All right, this being Sunday, I hope you uh, will join Myself and Dennis Lee and Eric Kirk tonight for Trice Talk Live at 11 p.m. Eastern Time. And um, I appreciate you joining me tonight. And I'm Donald Wayne. Stay safe, everybody. <laughs>